Good afternoon, everybody. Today is January 13th, 2021. Um, this is, welcome to Seattle's Eastside Real Estate Podcast. I'm really glad you joined us today. If you're interested in future uh, podcasts, you can find them future, future or past, uh, even though I know they're not there yet, they will be eventually. Uh, anywhere you can find podcasts stream at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. We also have videos on our website, the Eastside Real Estate Team, or on our YouTube channel, the Eastside Real Estate Team. If you like what you hear, please subscribe. We appreciate that. Today, we are welcoming Kathleen Hunter from the Northwest Canine Coalition, and we are introducing our Paw of the Month. True story, the first time I ever um, got a dog was because me and some roommates rented a house. So homes and dogs for me go together. So this will be fun. It'll be an ongoing segment with the hat. But before we get to our guest, Kathleen, we are going to have some real talk. Now, with this being our first podcast of the year, I thought it'd be great, a great idea to, uh, to look ahead and see what 2021 has to offer and give you a little bit of insight into the future of our market. But in order to look to the future, we always have to look to the past. And every month here at the Eastside Real Estate Team, we uh, do a deep dive into the numbers that matter that kind of tell, tell us the story of where we're at. So in order to predict where we're headed, we got to see where we've been and where we are in order to determine where we're going. Um, I, I picture a map there, right? You know, kind of plot yourself along. So here's a declarative statement for you. In the 14 years of real estate, uh, the total number of active listings on the east side and King County is the lowest I've seen in 14 years. It's incredibly low. So we saw a uh, drop in King County at 13%. So about 2,200 homes available for sale down to 1949. On the east side, inventory decreased a whopping 38%. And that's a year over year over the previous December in 2019. Now, pendings, that's those homes going from active to in contract. Pending contracts um, actually saw an increase. So we actually had a little bit more. It wasn't a major increase. It was a slight increase. Uh, King County showed a pending increase of 23%. Actually, that's pretty big for King County. And then 9% on the east side. So more action in King County of homes getting into contract. And keep in mind, King County uh, spans east and west. So we're talking Seattle, West Seattle, Shoreline, um, up to Linwood, not quite Linwood. That's Snohomish, parts of Linwood or Snohomish County. And then as far south as Tukwila, uh, Kent and Covington, as far east as North Bend. Uh, uh, that's kind of covering all of King County. So there's a lot of movement in and around. And I think as you drill into some of the pockets, you're going to see um, a little bit smaller um, uh, uh, movement in Seattle. We're noticing a lot of people looking to get into a home. Over this last six, seven uh, um, uh, months, we've seen a, a tremendous amount of people moving to the suburbs. Now, King County, the closed sales were up 28%. Now, keep in mind, closed sales are generally a um, response or a, they trail pending listings from the previous month or maybe even the month before because, you know, a home goes into contract and takes 30 days. Um, Eastside uh, showed an increase of 21% closed inventory. So all of that pending and closed inventory is gone, right? We need more homes to hit the market. Um, now, in, because of that, um, lack of inventory. We are seeing housing prices, of course, continue in their upward trajectory. King County, um, actually just slightly higher at 9.9%. .9%. Um, that's actually 
really good. 9% appreciation year over year, even though it seems like, well, it's not that much, but it's quite a bit. But if you look at the median home price, that's $676,000. That's in King County, all of King County. The east side showed an increase, mark this down, 18.63%. So that's that median home price year over year. So from December of last year, if you owned a home, hypothetically, you gained almost 20% equity. Now do the math, right? On, on an $800,000 home, 10% is 80,000. So 20% would be $160,000 gained equity in one year. Not that you could take that to the bank, just understand the pay, where that's sending things as we see a reduction of inventory, where that's sending things. So that's where we were, right? Median home price on the east side is $955,000. So that's, that's where we, that's our uh, hindsight. And what we do is when we look at these numbers, these active to pendings and solds, we calculate an absorption ratio uh, based on a month's worth of transactions. So this absorption ratio that we're showing in King County, that if we were to never add a new home in, on the market in King County in 30 days, you would be out of inventory in two thirds of a month. So three weeks-ish, three weeks is 75. We're actually less than three weeks. So less than three weeks of inventory. And on the east side, it's 0.43. So that's two weeks of inventory um, on the east side. So a balanced market is four to five. So this is real, I don't wanna say emergency kind of situation, but um, it's creating a really tough time. What does this mean for home buyers? It, it means competition. It means get comfortable writing multiple offers. It, it, it will be par for the course in most places. Um, for sellers, it, it certainly means uh, be wary of, of getting uh, any price at any cost because the appraisal issues will start to show up again. When you see jumps of 12, 13, 15, 18%, you're gonna run into some issues there. So we wanna encourage you to be cautious in the prices that you're looking to get and have a real estate agent that can ensure that if you get into contract, if that contract is pending, that there are major repercussions to a buyer exiting that contract, okay? Um, I won't go into that. We've talked about different things that we can do on contracts to uh, make them rock solid. Uh, and that would be for another podcast. All right, so where are we headed? What are we gonna look at? Well, because of this, um, National Association of Realtors, now this is nationwide, but it applies to just about every market. Um, the current number of single family homes was about a million 80. And at the same time last year, we had a million 450,000. So we are entering 2021 with 270,000 fewer homes for sale than there were a year ago nationwide. Um, a lot of speculations going on that um, inventory crush will, will, um, uh, it will ease. And here's the two reasons. Number one, the health crisis eases, more homeowners will be more comfortable putting their houses on the market. 100% conversations that I had the last six to eight months was we're not doing anything until this kind of uh, uh, COVID goes away. Uh, number two is some households are impacted financially and they're gonna have to sell. So we may start to see that towards the middle of the year. It all depends on what gets passed, what's allowed for how long. And um, really the, the low mortgage rates are driving these buyers demands um, for the last 12 months. According to Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, um, interest rates were at 3.72 at the beginning of 2020. And today we're starting uh, rates a full percentage point lower than that. So 2.72, um, check local listings because it always changed.
So taking into consideration these projections on housing, supply and demand, and real estate forecasts, we know that real estate homes will continue to appreciate in 2021, um, and it will be a spectacular year, uh, again, for sellers. And my hope is that there is an opportunity out there, and the message that I would like to stick is here, is this is if you've been hanging on to a home uh, and maybe it's a second home or maybe it's a, a home that you're just kind of, you feel like you, you can't maintain it, um, then let's talk about options. And I think a lot of sellers are trying to move into other homes that are a little bit more comfortable for them, but they can't find what they're looking for. And so it may be that you um, put a home on the market <clears throat> And request an indefinite rent back until you find a future home. And you know, an indefinite rent back could be a 12-month lease with an option to extend. It could be a six-month lease with an option to extend. But um, sellers need to get creative in order to get these homes, get this logjam opened up because there's a tremendous amount of opportunity. Then you'll have cash in hand and be able to go out and buy that future home when it's ready. Um, buyers, hang in there. Be patient. There's definitely a lot of trials and tribulations. We had a tough one last night and um, you know, it's, it's just really, really competitive out there. So constantly be putting your best foot forward. Um, don't be attached to the outcome and just keep firing away. I know that's not great advice, but that's all we got. Have an agent that, um, that understands how to help you negotiate strongly and uh, be patient because even with strong negotiations, you're not going to have the re great results. So essentially this supply is the issue. And I would love to reach out to anybody that has some ideas on how to increase supply uh, and connect because that's, that's our big um, challenge in 2021 and to 2025 and beyond, because we're not going to get out of this unless a lot of inventory shows up. So that was a really long-winded real talk. And typically at this point, we would take a quick break, but this is a live podcast. So here's my break. And coming back, we are now going to jump right into our first guest of the day and only our superstar, Kathleen Hunter. So Kathleen, welcome back to the show. We are excited to introduce our new monthly se segment with Kathleen Hunter and the Northwest Co Canine Coalition called Paw of the Month. Our goal is to share uh, the incredible work of the Northwest Coalition Northwest Canine Coalition and highlight local pups each month that are in need of a forever home. And Kathleen Hunter is the founder and executive director of the Northwest Canine. That's a mouthful. Northwest Canine Coalition. While volunteering in the world of dog rescues, she saw the need for media support for a, for the smaller rescues and shelters and their adoptable dogs. Kathleen took her experience in education and started NWCC. Aha, I did it. Uh, <laughs> which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. And their mission is to promote the adoption of dogs into loving homes by producing media segments, highlighting small Northwest-based shelters, rescues, and fosters. They also uh, partner with canine professionals to help make the adoption successful for everyone from the first pause going forward. Thanks for joining us today, Kathleen. Hi, thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, as you're reading the NWK9 Coalition, it's like, yeah, once you say it once or twice, we can go with NWCC. NWCC, right, right. Yeah, yeah. after I get the hang of it, yeah, I had to-, I had it, to it becomes that. a tongue twister. <laughs> So uh, Kathleen's through the uh, miracle of technology has brought to us, um, uh, what is it? Three, three fantastic pups. And so you're going to share about it. So everybody pay attention and forward this podcast to anybody 
uh, right now, if you're watching this uh, or if you're watching this live, tag them in the in the comment section right now so that they can see these adorable pups. Okay, Kathleen, you want to take it away? Take the controls okay. away. Okay. So um, yes, our first pup is Belle. This little cutie pie here. Oops, did you lose her? That we lost her. We lost her. Hold Bring on. Belle back. <laughs> See, don't you love this technology here? Um, I see her there. Yeah, she's here. There you go. Well, these are all pictures of Belle based on the screen that I'm seeing. Yeah, okay, there's Belle. It's one picture of Belle. Trying to get me out of the way. So anyway, Belle is a seven-year-old American Pitbull Terrier mix. And she's with her partner rescue, Hello Pity Rescue. She's a mature pup. She is about uh, seven years old, like I said. A little bit about her history. She was used as a breeding dog. So once she was no longer able to produce puppies, she was basically left on the street to fend for herself. Um, so Hello Pity rescued her, rescued her, brought her in with her brother. Her brother was adopted and she's still looking for her forever home. She's gonna do best in a home with other dogs. However, she could potentially live with a calm male dog. Um, she's gonna thrive with people who are home most of the day and have a backyard for her to run around in. If you uh, go to our website and watch her video, you'll see that we went shopping in Tacoma. So she loves to go shopping. She does really well meeting new people, loves her car rides, just really would love a home where she could hang out and her, enjoy her, uh, her senior years. So she's good with other dogs, no problems? Um, yeah, she could potentially live with a calm male dog. So, calm male you know, dog. Okay. Yeah, yeah. She used to she used to meet them first and <laughs> get to know them. <laughs> she them. I wants mean, to cohabitate with them or not? <laughs> right. You think about like you know back in my college years we interviewed roommates, right? So you kind of wanted to get to know what they were about. So that yeah. that's kind of a, a good call for a, for a senior dog like uh, same like same with Belle. But she is such a cuddle bug, so sweet, just very endearing. Look at those eyes. Yeah. Um, our second dog is Mac and uh, his full name is Frito McNabb. And that's because he was found as a stray and eating whatever he could find on the streets. And the rescue, our partner rescue was called in Valhalla Animal Rescue. They're located in Winlock, Washington. So they lured him in and when they nabbed him, he smelled like Fritos. Because oh. he was eating Fritos, McDonald's, you name it. All who doesn't love Fritos? I'm sorry. Yeah, those all the non-dog foods. He was he was eating on those to survive. So that's how he got his name. Um, so he is now in rescue. He's a happy guy. He walks well on a leash, and uh, he kind of will need a little bit of time to get used to because he's always looking over his shoulder for his previous family. So it just oh. kind of breaks your heart. But he does great with other dogs and he does well with children too. So for a rescue dog, that's pretty unique because a lot of rescue dogs, they want to be their only, the only dog in the home. So if you're out there buying your new home, here's your new dog and kids, <laughs> like perfect fit, right? Perfect fit. Yep. Um, he does need a fenced yard though, because he does like to run around and play Freedom. and just, yeah, keep, keep them safe in there. So that's Mac. He's a cutie pie. And our third dog is, there we go. There we go, Rufus. Rufus. Rufus is another mature pup. He's about eight years old. He's a German shepherd. Um, I met him, we made his video, we produced his video and he's, I would say a 
tiny bit smaller than your average German Shepherd. So if you're thinking German Shepherd, oh my gosh, that's a lot of dog. He's a skosh smaller. Um, very fluffy, very well-mannered, very friendly. And um, just because he's eight years old, don't let that fool you. He is full of energy. And sometimes you kind of need to remind him to stop and smell the roses because he just wants to go, go, go. But he does well on a leash. He loves to play fetch and he'll actually bring it back to you, bring the ball back to you. And something super cute and endearing about him is that he likes to shuffle around a favorite rock that he has. A rock. He's been, yeah, a rock. And uh, in our video, there is some footage of him shuffling this rock around on the deck. So it's almost like he's playing shuffleboard with himself. And so self-entertained, really super cute. Uh, he does great with kids who are 14 and over, and it's just because of his size. And, you know, kids are too small, the, the quick little, you know, mo movements that the little kids do, it kind of might startle him a little bit. Um, let's see, he needs a fenced yard too, just to, so that he has a place to run around and roam around. And then at the end of the day, he wants to snuggle up with you and just kind of be a fluff ball. So I love these good-sized pets that, that think they're lap dogs. I love it. I know, right? <laughs> so those okay, are, those and then our, our last three, paw of the month. Pups. Those were our three. We had uh, oh, that's Mac, it. Those three. Mel, Mac, and and Rufus. Okay, so and if someone's uh, interested in learning more about these adorable adoptable dogs, where do they find that info? They can go to our website nwk9coalition.org, and you can watch their videos. They're on our homepage. Their videos go to the Find a Dog page, watch all their videos. You'll see Rufus, you'll see Belle, you'll see Mac. You can click on the logo for their rescue and that takes you directly to the rescues page. You can read more on their bios, fill out the adoption application, and who knows, you could uh, be going home to your new home with your new dog. Awesome. So now how many dogs do you shine a light on each week? Roughly five to seven. Every Roughly, week. no pun intended. <laughs> rough, rough. Yeah. Sorry. I'm a dad. I can't resist the dad jokes. I walked into that one. <laughs> I'm sorry. Roughly how many again? Five to seven dogs. Wow. Every every week. Yeah. So how does a small rescue shelter uh, become a partner with the Northwest Canine Coalition? So you can uh, reach out to me directly. Um, my information's on our website, Kathleen at NorthwestCanineCoalition.org. If you are a small rescue, um, you're an independent rescue and you are a 501c3. That's the key, the key ingredient. You also need to be a nonprofit organization. Okay. So um, as a nonprofit organization, how do you provide these services for the rescues and their adoptable dogs? So we don't charge anything to the rescues. So we operate 100% on fundraising and um, donations and sponsorships. So when you go to our website and you watch these fabulous videos that we've produced, remember to visit the donate button and we can continue to bring these dogs to you via all these social media platforms, your podcast, of course, and uh, find dogs at home. Are they able to subscribe or is it just every time they have to donate? Oh, no, you can subscribe. Yeah, oh, you cool. can make a, you know, and, and that's the thing too, is like no amount is too small. If you want to forego your latte one day, that $5 will add up and that helps us stay in business. I mean, that's, that takes care of a portion of our 
um, you know, our, our email service even. You know, Kath, uh, Kathleen, I, I came up with a concept. I was trying to figure out a way to um, reward myself, you know, because it's kind of like, what are the different rewards you can do? What what a great way, let's say we want to cut down on coffee, right? And you're like, yeah. I, I do. I want to stop doing lattes. Instead, I'll drink a cup of coffee at home, have a little tumbler with me. And so every time, maybe one way to, to incentivize this for you is every time you do that, you take the three or the five dollars that you were going to spend on a latte and donate it to uh, and uh, NWCC. So it, that way you feel like you're kind of rewarding yourself by also helping others. I think that's kind of cool. It's kind of you're you're playing it, paying it forward to save a life. Yeah. So besides adopting these dogs, what else can listeners or viewers do to help NC, NWCC? Well, we are growing, which is fantastic. It's one of our goals is to broaden our reach across Washington, partner with more rescues, save more life, lives of these dogs, but we need help. So we could use some more volunteers with uh, videographers and editors and we'll train and we have the equipment. Um, so if you're interested in that, we could definitely use your help. Uh, fundraising, if you like to plan events, we're like the place to be. Um, so fundraising, volunteer there's a whole list of, of areas and i'm sure something can match with you and then also if you're interested on in being on a board and having a board membership we could use your uh your expertise also so because we are growing and what is that what does that entail what's the kind of commitment for being a board member for the nwcc yeah there are different um different board membership you know pieces to that you could be on like an advisory board so um which is just that you advise here and there or if you want to have a more integral role and be active in uh, getting those big name sponsorships for us that would be amazing to really help get the word out there bring in some more funds and then uh, you know we can just continue to broaden our reach help transport animals in from natural disaster areas so depending on where your expertise is and where your interests are, um, we could certainly use your help. <laughs> well, that's great. I wanted to say, um, I appreciate how hard you work at this. It's really a, a definitely needed niche in this area because, um, you know, uh, one thing I do know is, is in this current environment with COVID and things going on, um, I believe a lot of the shelters early on um, were, the pets were gone, right? And the reason why is the role that they play in our lives, right? So here, here are three fantastic pups that can help somebody have some companionship when we have a lot of social distancing going on. So I appreciate the work you're doing. Thank you. Thank um, you. Lastly, how does, how does somebody get in touch with you again? Yes, you can go to nwkninecoalition.org and the canine is spelled out C-A-N-I-N-E. Um, my email is there. It's Kathleen at nwk9coalition.org. Phone, phone is there. Address. I answer the phone. I'll actually answer. Uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you again for coming on the show. We appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Look forward to next month. You bet. All right. Up next, we have Erica Mears, uh, one of our broker partners, joining us for a Stump the Broker segment. Erica, good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon, sir. <laughs> oh, caught you mid-cough. So I understand you've got uh, a question to stump the broker. Yes. Uh, the question is, in this seller's market, how soon should the buyer start the buying process until they get a home? 
Okay, so that's a great question. And I think the most important thing to do in this market is consider how many available properties are going to come and meet your criteria. So if money is not an object and you have unlimited money and you can live wherever you want, um, obviously getting approved with a lender would be great. But we know that's, uh, you know, if you had cash and you had $3 million, you could basically buy any home anywhere. However, most folks that I know are looking for something specific, looking for something to meet their needs. And I could honestly say in this environment, you're going to see maybe six to 12 throughout the year um, uh, that would be exact matches or really good matches. And a lot of people are having to, to uh, settle. So if somebody's saying, yeah, we're, we have a plan to move in say June, I'd say, get ready now. The reason for that is, you know, that home may not be there in June. It may be there in April. It may be there in March. So financially speaking, if there's something they're physically waiting for, meaning a bonus, right, or tax returns to be completed, um, you certainly can't push that any faster. You can't change the bonus uh, arriving any sooner. Um, however, it, it is imperative to understand that if you have a goal to say, get in a home in 90 days, you should have been looking probably about 30 days ago. And, and what I mean by looking is not browsing around uh, the, the websites. I mean, actually physically in a home so that you can pair up what you see on the internet with what you see in person. Um, you know, Erica, we, we showed a house, um, was it two weeks ago to a couple? About two weeks ago. It looked fantastic online. And granted, this is our job as agents to make it look great. When we got out there, I kind of felt like we were in deliverance. You know, it was out in the middle of nowhere on the side of a hill. Uh, yes, it was 10 acres, but they were heavily wooded and heavily terraced. So, you know, um, to think, ah, oh, perfect home. I found it online. That's not realistic. You got to go with an agent and you got to go with an agent. And these homes are coming and going in seven days. So I want to just encourage anybody out there, uh, the, the, mo the most important thing that you could do is have a clear idea of your finances at any time. And those qualifications, that pre-approval letter will last for 90 days. If things changed uh, in the, after 90 days, all they do is pull a credit report again. Now, let me, let me clarify something. Those two credit pulls in say 90 plus days will not adversely affect your credit. Um, it, it would be a very minor hit, if anything, like one or two points because they're so far separated and they're for the same purchase. So um, bottom line, Erica, is if there's somebody out there that is seriously considering moving this year, it would be a good idea to get pre-approved right away. Right, exactly. And also hiring the best agent for sure matters a lot to get Hiring the, home, the best right? agent matters a lot. Yes. Do you know yeah. anybody? And Eastside real estate team is the best. <laughs> All right. Thanks for coming on, Erica. Thanks for your sure. question. I want to thank everybody watching. Uh, thanks for watching our podcast. We hope that you find this informative. If you uh, know somebody that would benefit for being on our podcast, please reach out to us. You can uh, reach out to the team. Um, just my email address is dan.edwards at kw.com. Um, or Eastside RE Social. That's our uh, marketing director, Eastside RE Social. Uh, look us up on the web, the Eastside Real Estate Team.com. Thank you very much for watching. Have a wonderful week. And Kathleen, we'll see you in a month. <laughs>